Cut the Crest presents The Screening Room Today I am joined by uh, somebody who I've known for about five years, right? I think it was 20, 2014, 2015, I can't remember now. And uh, yet, well, at least I'm hearing his voice for the first time uh, because today I am with illustrator, artist, uh, Nicholas Dyack. Nick, hi, welcome. Hey, how you doing? Good to be here. Yeah, thank. Uh, yeah, thanks for taking the time to do this. Um, in fact, we tried to get this sorted, uh, well, like a, a couple of months ago, right? And, and just couldn't make it work. Yeah, around Easter. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons for that is, as you, uh, people probably already know, I'm in London. But, Nick, you are in L.A. Right, yeah, L.A. Uh -huh. So eight hours behind. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so no, I appreciate uh, appreciate uh, you taking time out to do this, mate. Um, so, Nick... I, let's just uh, let's just jump straight into it. Uh, you are an illustrator, slash, right? Uh, well, or do, or do you consider yourself an artist? <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen I've seen all the uh, the illustrations. I've seen the sort of cartoony works and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Let's go straight back to the right back to the beginning. Uh, not of our relationship, but your life in this field. Um, how did it all come about? Um, well, I've been drawing my entire life, but I've never really taken it that seriously. It was just sort of like something fun I would do. Um, and a friend of mine actually came over and we were talking about doing like a comic where I was going to write and he was going to draw. And then he started drawing. And for some reason, like seeing him drawing made me want to start drawing myself, kind of like make myself better because the more you do something, the um, better you get at it. So I came up with this idea to draw one Star Wars character every day leading up to The Force Awakens. And so that was, I did, it was 760 drawings. So it was like 760 days away from The Force Awakens coming out. Um, I didn't necessarily do that every single day because a lot of life kind of got in the way and stuff. Um, but I did do 760 drawings wow. before The Force Awakens came out. So Yeah. And that's how we met, actually, because I think I found your, um, uh, well, I just found your drawings. I don't think it was necessarily any of, uh, like, Artie's characters or anything specifically, but I think you just found your illustrations on Instagram, connected mm -hmm. all that you'd done some of her characters, like, I think, Gwellis and, and Maz and stuff, and then we just, like, mm -hmm. from there, right? The, that's, yeah, that's incredible. So you, okay, so you, but you'd been... You'd been drawing your entire life anyway, so it sounds to me like was there a period where you, you kind of stopped? Um, yeah, like I had grown, I had drawn growing up, and actually in high school I was drawing kind of like this little mini comic book. Okay. Um, and then when I got into high school, or no, when I got into college, I started getting more into writing, and so actually, I actually got, or I actually majored in um, English creative writing. And so from there, I was trying to take writing more seriously and actually work for a newspaper for a little bit. And then, like I said, when I met with that friend, we were going to, I was going to be the writer on the comics, on the comic, because I always wanted to do comic books, but I never thought I was a very good artist. 
And so I was always trying to find an artist to do stuff with. Um, and at that point, I was just, it didn't work out with him. But um, I just kind of decided, well, if I want to do comics, then maybe I should just learn how to draw and just draw myself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that's kind of, that's really kind of how it all came together, just the writing and the, the drawing. But I've been taking, I've been taking this time just um, trying to teach myself how to draw better. Um, I've read a lot of books on comics and stuff. And for some reason, I've just never been able to kind of get myself into actually doing comics. Interesting. Right. So like, um, okay, so because your style uh, and I'm going to include images and stuff uh, with this. In fact, actually, if you're if you if you're somebody who listens to the show, you've already seen Nick's work. Because uh, Nick, the uh, chap who illustrated all of the screening room characters, the figures, every you know those portraits that you see, the busts, uh, those are all by by Nick. So you're you're already familiar with his style. Um, so you do you know that 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 technique. I've seen your stuff evolve basically over the last sort of uh, five years, whatever it's been. And um, your original stuff was hand drawn. It was it is cartoony. You know it's very. I don't know if that's correct term or if there is a no that's fine yeah technical term for it yeah um so it's it's, you know you're not exactly sitting there with realism even though likeness does play a big part in it um so was your your technique before that was it your style rather sorry not technique your style was that different then were you or were you always uh drawn to the cartoony style stuff so when you were drawing uh no it's always been cartoony it has yeah okay yeah yeah um but it's been interesting seeing that style develop because you went from like so th- that that those uh drawings that you did for water.org the lead that were leading up to um the force awakens mm-hmm. those were hand drawn right they were all traditional shall we say yeah they were all hand drawn yeah and now your style though that has become more digital like how did that mm-hmm. transition Happen. In fact, what prompted you to move from the traditional uh, style and take? Well, now this is a technique, a traditional technique, into the more digital. Um, I kind of, I kind of had my nose. <laughs> I can't think of what the saying is. Sleep deprivation, but um, I turned my nose up to digital art because yeah. it just, I don't know, like traditional art just seemed more like highbrow, I guess. Mm-hmm. It, that's, I don't know. But um, so I actually met with, because um, I was thinking about going into storyboarding. Oh, nice. And um, I met with a guy who works for Cartoon Network. And just to kind of like talk about a career path and stuff like that. And he said that digital art is where is this, uh, the standard and industry. And then if I'm serious about this, and I should, you know, learn how to do stuff on digital art. And get it like a Cintiq and learn how to use a Cintiq and, and draw like that. So um, that's what I did. And I've gotten into digital art. And I haven't really looked back to traditional at all. I really love digital art. Mm. Um, I've been thinking maybe just trying to do traditional art again, just to see if I progress at all, like being digital art, if that's helped me progress. Um, um, but yeah, I haven't really done anything traditional since I got into the digital. Wow. Okay. So how many years has that been then? Oh man, um, maybe like three. Oh wow, okay. It's been a while, yeah. That's int- yeah, that's amazing. But it, what I, you know, what I struggle to get my head around is the fact that um, you know, your 
uh, your signature is still there. You know, it's evident that this is your work. Um, and that sort of transition from the, the traditional into the digital, it just looks almost seamless. Was there ever a period mm. you were drawing on paper and then scanning it and working on it digitally that way? Or did you just literally put the brakes on the uh, traditional stuff and then move straight onto digital and it just transferred? Um, there may have been a brief overlap when I first started doing digital. Mm. I'm trying to remember. Because I think maybe, I think maybe, actually before maybe I started doing digital, um, I might have, yeah, I think there was, because I remember I did this Darth Vader and I did it. It didn't come out very well. And so I scanned it and I kind of messed with it and um, whatever program I was using at the time. So I think there was a brief overlap, but I think it was pretty much just cold turkey wow. straight into the digital, so. That is, uh, yeah, that's that's remarkable, man. Because digital art for me, um, I was, I'm a little bit like what you're saying. You know, you turned your nose up to it a little bit, and partly because I was a little disenfranchised by it. Just a lot of the digital art that I saw, at least portraiture, I just didn't trust mm -hmm. because you could tell some stuff like it would just look so competent. I was like, uh, wow, this you know this artist is incredible. This you know, like, why is this person not famous or why are more people not talking about them or why is their stuff uh, not on you know um, starwars.com or whatever and I started learning uh, I mean maybe it's just my naivety but uh, I started learning as the years that people would take photographs and literally just draw layers over it and with filters and stuff and they were just you know tidying up a photograph basically and mm -hmm. I remember at that point I was like well no this is this is bullshit, you know, it's, uh, it's a lie. It's, oh my God, it's all a lie. Um, so yeah, I, I get that. I, I do get that. But then again, there are some people who are just like, you just see it, they're quite remarkable. They draw freehand, which is essentially what you're doing, right? So you're, I mean, you gotta, you got to bear with me here because I'm not a digital guy. Um, you know, I had a, what did I have? I had a really basic um, tablet. And I couldn't even get the coordination right. Do you know what I mean? I'm looking at the screen and I'm trying to draw on this little tablet thing. So they were they were they were separate elements, not you know drawing onto a touch screen or anything. And uh, mm -hmm. I just couldn't I couldn't make it work, man. It was just god awful. It felt like uh, learning to walk again, you know. <laughs> but um, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it was it was really bad. So you, but you how how did the transition feel for you? Like, did it come naturally? You you said you were working on a Cintiq. So was that a similar sort of uh, Thing. Did you have a separate um, uh, tablet that you would draw onto, and then that image was transferring onto the screen, or were you drawing directly from onto the screen? Um, yeah, maybe like 15 years ago, somebody gave me like a bamboo, kind of like what you're saying, where you draw on the tablet and then you're looking at the screen, and that just never worked for me. Yeah. Um, so when I was getting into digital art, I knew that I wanted to be able to have something to draw directly on and try to get the feel of drawing on um like paper as much as you could yeah and so i actually started out very early i had an ipad like an ipad mini yeah. i started drawing on that and there's definitely like a learning curve when it comes to it mm. um but i think if, if you just work at it like within a week it starts becoming really natural um and then i got the cintiq and that was pretty easy um, to use it's 
very it's very good um um it's very natural and everything it like there's no wag or anything on it so it's it's really good um but since then since this past christmas i got an ipad pro um and that um just because the cintiq is grounded somewhere like i would have to go and sit somewhere and so i got the ipad pro and i haven't used cintiq since i got the ipad pro and i'm actually thinking about just selling the cintiq because i just never use it anymore um and it actually got a it's like a screen protector that feels like paper so it gives it kind of like um like a texture because when you, that was one kind of hard thing about the cintiq is that it's just a flat like glass yeah. surface so it feels kind of weird to draw on but um with the ipad pro and the the um the screen protector it works it just feels really good and stuff so yeah um yeah that's incredible not, not that we're like advertising we're not an advert for cintiq bamboo and apple but the impression well not the impression i know because actually that little thing that i had was like a low low end bamboo it was a tiny little mm-hmm. you know tiny little thing it was only about uh, i don't know 10 inches uh you know uh in length it seems quite well obviously evidently it's quite important like the technology that you're that you're using um whereas i don't know at least when i was in school and in college and stuff in uni we would you know, I had this sort of weird philosophy where I was like, "Well, I'll just draw with anything. It's not about the, uh, it's not about the materials that you've got. It's, you know, it's about what you do." Oh shit! Sounds like a sexual innuendo. It's not the equivalent <laughs> with it. Um, and it wasn't until the head of a department on one of the courses was like, "Oh, you need to have, you know, it's art is an expensive hobby. You need, um, you need good materials because I think." turning in paintings on like literally pieces of junk and stuff that i've found Um, (laughs) and it's evident from what you're saying like especially with the digital stuff that you do need the right tools i mean your your eye and your natural ability which you have an abundance of isn't actually enough really not you know uh so like if you i I don't know all right so say hypothetically there's a kid listening um well, hopefully not anybody too young, because I swear a lot. But uh, <laughs> what would you do? You have any advice that you could give to them if they're looking to start up in digital, um, digital drawing, digital art, uh, in terms of like getting equipment? Say their budget isn't great, because it sounds like you've been through a few different, you know, a variety of things. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry to put you on the spot, but you know, uh, light the way for these youngsters. <laughs> No, I mean, I thought about this before, and one thing I, I see is people kind of dreaming about having a Cintiq, mm-hmm. and honestly, like, you don't need it unless you're actually doing, like, you're working really professionally, or you're doing, like, really big pieces with a lot of detail and stuff, but mm-hmm. you can kind of zoom in and see it. Like, stuff I do, I don't need a Cintiq, because it's just, it's really simple. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no real extreme, like, details or anything. So is I kind of see people a lot of online like kind of like idolizing the Cintiqs and stuff like that. And yeah. I think you kind of need to be kind of just start small and work your way up. Um, like the iPad Pro, those are expensive too. Um, I know a lot of I know a lot of people who are professional that use like the, the bamboo tablets and stuff, right. um, and they do really great stuff with it. It just never really worked for me. Hmm. Um, so, but even then, you can get they have maybe for a couple hundred dollars you can get like a bamboo tablet 
yeah. that you actually draw on the screen. I can't think of what they're called, but I mean, they're out there and yeah. I would just suggest starting small, um, finding something you're comfortable with. Um, that's really the most important thing I think is just finding something that, that works for you and that's comfortable. Mm. Um, and just, you know, if you can afford to experiment, I mean, if you can always sell them, they kind of retain their value. Right. So, um, you can sell this stuff if it doesn't work for you. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. That's no. really the only advice I got. So no, no, that's good advice. Actually. It makes sense. I think there's, there can be this, um, Oh, so what I'm looking for, uh, I suppose like a misconception that you've got to have the most expensive thing or the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. If you are an illustrator or just somebody who's into comics and stuff and you look at, say, for example, Todd McFarlane's videos that he does on his, you know, on his Facebook page and all that on his social media, and he's got this massive, massive screen. Mm -hmm. It's like, the, it's basically his desk, but it's a touch screen, uh, uh, drawing, it's basically a drawing tablet. And, and mm -hmm. I see that thing and I think, wow, man, yeah, that, that looks amazing. Oh, that's what you need in order to become professional. Mm -hmm. As you're saying, if you, you don't, actually, you can, you can start a small. No. No, that's sound. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of like the idea. It even kind of goes with just traditional work, like traditional um, art where people want kind of like the most expensive pens or pencils or something. And, mm. and that they think that will make them a better artist, but really it doesn't. You know, the talent starts with you and, the tools you use, um, I think, you know, is an extension of yourself. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play this back for the uh, head of department. And say, see, see, I told you, I'm not <laughs> the only one. I'm not the only one. It's quite funny. We would, uh, we were always told uh, growing up, oh, you mustn't draw with biro pen, like uh, ballpoint pens, uh, with big mm. biros and stuff. And so they really actively discouraged that. So um, when we left, mm. or at least when I left. Uh, yeah, I, I made sure that I actively did draw with them. And actually the results mm. were pretty good. I mean, there's there's some artists that I know that are phenomenal. You see this mm -hmm. little stuff and it's all done with a ballpoint pen. You think, bloody hell. Yeah. There was this um, comic that came out a few years ago mm -hmm. that it's like a huge tome. And this person um, had to learn how to write again because I forget exactly what happened, but she um, drew this entire comic with ballpoint pen and it won it won awards so incredible well there you go exactly mm -hmm. yeah um nick so what brought us together was uh our mutual love of star wars and star wars illustration and stuff of course um let's talk uh let's let's shoot the breeze about star wars because there's a and we're both fans um you do a lot of illustrations based on Star Wars. It's not the only uh, property, obviously, but some of your stuff um, that I've been looking at uh, and that we've been sharing revolves around Clone Wars and all that kind of stuff. Now, mm -hmm. you've done a series of... Well, you've turned them into prints, right? So you've done this uh, mm -hmm. set, essentially, a little triptych almost, of um, around the Clone Wars. Can you talk about those i'll put links in in this episode as well to to where people can look at that stuff um in fact i should mention sorry before we continue because i completely forgotten this is what having a young kid and sleep deprivation as, as nick can uh, attest i mean he's got two um it is, it'll do this to your brain but basically so nick okay first of all let's go through all your your aliases shall we call it so you you are also uh, known as Lumberjack Nick, 
online. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of like a stage name, right? That's how I had to describe it to um, uh, a couple of other uh, friends and stuff. <laughs> but then you also run the Sketch Wars uh, account. That's you. You are Mr. Sketch Wars. Um, I was. I actually handed it off to somebody else um, who's kind of running it now. So I'm not actually, I'm kind of still over it, but I do very little with it. So. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. I beg your pardon. Mm -hmm. All right. But, okay. But I think that's how I found you originally was Sketch Wars, right? I think that's mm -hmm. what you were um, uh, posting the original drawings for that were leading up to The Force Awakens. Okay, so, all right, anyway, there's a few places, but, uh, you know, if you if you go online, uh, do look up Sketch Wars anyway, because no doubt you're going to find all of uh, Nick's archive stuff on there as well. Um, but, see, these Clone Wars prints, uh, let's talk about those now i remember quite a few years ago you did this uh you did this composition a square a square image um of all the different troopers basically their their busts right and they all kind of stood there stacked up and stuff and in fact that was that was the thing that um i used when i was talking to you about uh doing the poster for the round table um if I remember correctly, I think that was the example I used, right? I said that that your Clone Wars print. Can we talk about those and let's and then let's go move into Clone Wars as well and what you what you think of that because obviously you're a massive fan. Um, yes, please over to you, Nick. Um, I start. I'm trying to think exactly what I've always liked collages mm. like that where it kind of shows all the different characters because I've done actually a few now. I'm trying to think what. The first one was that I did, because I don't think the Clone Wars was the first one I did, but it doesn't, I guess it doesn't really matter, because um, I did that one, and then I did one for Rogue One, did one for A New Hope, yeah. and then I did one for, because one year, like, there was a bunch of actors and Star Wars who passed away, and I did one kind of of all them. Those are the first ones that I did. Those, uh, all of them but the clone trooper one i don't really like anymore just oh. i i don't know i just don't really like how i did the faces and stuff so um and then since then and actually back then i was started working on um another one that was um ahsoka and all of the the clones with her um that had like the painting on the helmets for her i started doing that because dave filoni had um tweeted out an image of that helmet and so the idea was that they were going to have an episode where the the clone she had her own little like uh, squad of clones, yeah. and so I started doing that one. I never finished it, and since they brought the Clone Wars back, I thought, hey, maybe I should go back and actually finish that one because I'd always had it tended to actually do it. Mm -hmm. So um, I kind of just completely redrew it, and that's where the other ones I did. That was the first digital one I did. The other ones were all traditional. Right. Um, yeah. Oh right. Okay. So hang on a second. So that. Um... The, so the Filoni tweet, the the drawing, he drew it, right? Did he do? It was a drawing that he tweeted, or was it? Um, yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, it was just a little sketch that he did. Okay, so the, he did that. What before the final season of the Clone Wars came out? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was around the time that Clone Wars got canceled, and it was just one of those things where he was. It, there was a few things where they sent kind of like ideas they had that i forget what it was called but they sent out uh, like the previous episodes okay. and they were just sort of hinting at uh, future episodes like ideas and stuff they had 
Oh yeah, yeah. Season six was all sort of um, they just kind of cobbled together all the pre um, the pre-visualization for it, didn't they? That was just all like rough animatics and stuff. Is that what you're talking about? It, around then? Yeah, yeah. It was around then. It was right around the time they um they they announced that Clone Wars was getting canceled. Right. Okay. So I think that was like literally just after Lucasfilm bought. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe actually, you know what? Maybe I'm thinking, remembering that wrong. I think it was actually later when he tweeted that out. Right. I don't know. This past decade is just a blur. So yeah. no, but they, I mean, uh, okay. So it still stands though that it was before this thing. So you started creating your image before this, uh, before the season um, ended, which is quite, uh, which is very cool indeed. Okay, so you've made. Um, for all of us lucky fans, you've actually made you've turned these things into prints, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and people can go buy them. Yes, yeah, you can. Okay, where can they go? Um, the probably the easiest place is just go to lumberjacknick.com, and there's a link to the store there that you can uh, purchase them. Okay, that's very good. Uh, in fact, I'm gonna I. I'm planning on buying uh, a set. I need to. I need to still do that. But um, yeah, go check that. Uh, it's really. It's all, all of it's really good. Even even the traditional stuff. I mean, the, I I love that style. Bring me to you in the first instance, and it's just been fascinating watching that style just become even more uh, refined over the years. It's been uh, yeah, it's been a real pleasure seeing all that stuff. Okay, so Clone Wars. Um, obviously a big fan. What did you think of the final season? By the way. Uh, I guess we should do a spoiler alert uh, <laughs> here. So, if you don't want to know about what happens in the Clone Wars, um, then maybe stop listening now. I guess. Um, yeah, and come back in about I don't know, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Uh, but just as a disclaimer: if you do come back too early and we tell you exactly what happens at the end, everybody dies. Then, uh, oh shit, that was a spoiler. Oops. Yeah, sorry, not our fault. But um, Nick, tell me, uh, think of the. <laughs> um, I mean, I loved it. I thought it was done really well, um, especially the last. Um, I think it was like the last four episodes with Ahsoka, kind of explaining where Ahsoka and Rex were um, during episode three. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was done really well and a great ending to the series. That um, yeah, the, the, it, I think it was called the. Actually, I don't know what the episode. I can't remember what the episodes were called, but uh, everybody refers to it as the Siege of Mandalore arc, right? Mm -hmm. I think that um, yeah, yeah for the yeah, it, that little crossover, the fact that Clone Wars actually crossed over Revenge of the Sith and then went past it. Actually, I thought that was just genius, genius mm. storytelling. You know. Um, Jesus, Dave Filoni is something else. So, uh, yeah, and it was nice seeing Maul again. Did you notice? You know when that fight happens in uh, what was it the second? I think the second episode, right? Second or third? Mm. Maybe third episode. I can't remember now. Ahsoka and Maul have that incredible lightsaber duel. Did you notice that it was um, that was all mocap stuff? You know, I found out about that afterwards. That was really cool because it was actually. Um... Ray Park that did it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they brought him back for that, which is incredible. I mean, uh you see the um you can you can kinda tell because the the movement is more fluid like that. 
slight beef with the uh, Clone Wars series, uh, at least at least with that first animated film. I don't know if did you guys get it as an animated film. You did, didn't you? In the US, you did get like the first uh, whatever it was, first three or four episodes as one film, didn't you? But we yeah, we did. Yeah, in the UK though, we had a theatrical run of that. Did you guys have it in the cinema as well? We did, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was re- released in the theater, yeah. Oh, okay, fine. Do you, actually, do you know what? Do you know what I'm thinking of? It's the uh, the Ewok films. Fucking hell, they're completely like you couldn't get more far removed. It's it's totally <laughs> different. We had the Ewok films in the 80s here in the cinema, whereas in the US they were. Oh wow! Films. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I remember that, and I'm getting Clone Wars confused with that. Please don't hate me, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. I'm old. What can I say? Um. Yeah, like I always found that um, I enjoyed the star. Like the the lightsaber battles are a big part of this thing for me, anyway, uh, and, and and of Star Wars. But I always found the animated in the Clone Wars cartoon was a bit sort of stunted. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel that? Did you ever get that? Yeah. Um. The show really grows and develops as you watch it. Um. In the last season, like the uh, an, like the animation or the the CGI is just incredible. But yeah. really, like the first the first that the movie, I tried watching it. I couldn't get through it. Um, as in recently, watching it again. Yeah, as of recently. I mean, I saw it in the theater when it first came out, and I was like, okay, well, that was interesting. Yeah. And then I had a hard time getting in the show. It really wasn't until, oh man, I can't remember. Maybe like the fourth season. I kind of. Yeah. Like, they brought Maul in and Chewie and all that stuff, and I was I started getting interested in it, so I went back and watched it. And um, it's really cool just seeing how that show grew and developed. And it's just like the later seasons just have some of the best Star Wars yeah. moments in it for me. Yeah. So I especially like the fact that Jar Jar Binks gets a girlfriend. He has a girlfriend, and she's <laughs> right. basically she's wearing like a sari and everything. I mean, she looks like an alien i'm trying to remember what she looks like now but uh she yeah. looked weird yeah uh you got you gotta check it out but she's so blatantly modeled on an indian person like i think she even had mm. like oh my god jar jar binks oh hello i love you is really fucking strange but um <laughs> well yeah really brave as well that was the other thing like um you know some people uh, one of the things i've been hearing a lot over the past few years or whatever is that um Star Wars isn't about inclusivity. Where are all the black people? Where are where is this? Where is that? And I never. I know this is getting a bit heavy, but I never really got that. It always felt like um, something that highlighted inclusivity. Maybe not quite on the level of Star Trek and stuff, but like you had all these different species. They all kind of live together. Find the old guy in the bar in this in the cantina hates droids. He's a racist. You know, um, fine, but like the, the, I don't know. He Lucas always sort of incorporated so much from other cultures, like the even like Nine Num's uh, the language in Return of the Jedi. Why? Well, I, I know that, and you, you hear it. I think in Rise of Skywalker or whatever as well. We babbles away in that strange, like hardly mm-hmm. known uh, African dialect. Like, have you? What did you reckon? Like, am I am I completely missing something here? Or, you know, do you feel it's been inclusive because you've got Indian Jar Jar Binks lady? They even played Indian music. You know, uh, I think it was in 
Pitfalls or no, it was in Clone Wars. You know Honda, uh, Honda, uh, Honda. No wait, fuck! I can't even pronounce his name. Ho I keep saying Honda. Honda Anaka. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Honda Anaka. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Lando Hando. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, good way of remembering it. Um, like I think his bar or whatever when we f yeah when we first meet him. So it had to be Clone Wars. Um. They're playing Indian music, yeah? They're playing, like, Bollywood music. Mm. I've been singing. Mm -hmm. like, what the hell? But how have you... Um, what, what are your thoughts? Well, you don't want to um, be too heavy. It's too heavy, and <laughs> I've made it too serious. No, I mean, I don't know how I really feel about it. I mean, I can kind of see, like, if you look at, like, Jar Jar... I think the, I think the hardest thing is maybe just nailing down, like... Because people say, like, Jar Jar is supposed to be, like, Jamaican. Mm. And maybe like Walto is supposed to be like Armenian or something, and then the like uh, New Gunray and that speech is kind of um, I think I'm losing uh, like Japanese. So, oh, are you? Am I kind of breaking up? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I think you're back now. But now, yeah, I'm back. yeah, I hope it's not me actually. Go ahead, say something, and let me check it. Um, so, like, I, I think maybe the argument is it's kind of turning them into characters. Like, instead of having those character, like, representations of those people, like, instead of having, like, a Japanese person in the movie, like, having, like, an alien kind of represent, like, a Japanese person, I think is the argument. Yeah. I don't know. Like, a, a, an argument... For or against? Like, you think uh, people are moaning about that, are they? That it's like racially. Yeah, that's like people say, like, Star Wars is racist because, you know, Walto is supposed to be, I don't know, Armenian or Jewish or something. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, he's got that accent and he's selling stuff and he's a bit stingy, but I don't know, man. I, I never got that, you know? I, I just, especially growing up, like, Return of the Jedi was the film that I saw in the cinema. Like a lot of people uh, from my, well, from our generation, actually, because there's not that many years between us. Um, and we saw all these creatures and accents and stuff and just mm -hmm. thought how color, well, certainly I did. I don't want to speak for anybody else, actually, but uh, I know myself and some of my friends, they, they feel the same, um, that... Uh, this is just like a really colorful universe. Okay, maybe there aren't that many, I don't know, well, at least in the original trilogy, there weren't that many women, maybe. You know, you could count them on one hand. Although, I mean, every female that was there seemed to be the super powerful, though, like in a really high position, like mm. you're obviously Leia, but then you've got people like Mon Mothma. She's like, I don't know, the leader of the stuff of the rebellion. Mm -hmm. um, but now, see, look, I'm going to put it down to sleep deprivation and not the fact that Lucas didn't write any female characters. But who else is there? <laughs> There's the, the lady who was working the console on Hoth in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, what's her name? Okay, it's like T. The first name is T and the uh, last name is F, and I cannot remember what it is. Right. See, I didn't even know that. But she, <laughs> job, I mean, she's like doing all the stuff and pressing all the buttons and you know, making sure that all the transports escape and all that. Mm -hmm. Like, um... I think that's it. Really? I think that's all the female. Yeah, I don't know. Three people, one for each film. Literally one. 
Well, the the first movie actually had um, Luke's friends, so he had a couple female friends, and they got caught in the movie. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, fixes girlfriend or whatever it was, right? Mm-hmm. And then obviously, uh, oh yeah, Aunt Beru. Duh. How can we forget Beru Lars? She was um, she was lovely. She was on his side. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Uncle Owen was a bit of a hard ass, but she was like, mm-hmm. leave him alone. He's a child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, okay, sorry. So going back to the animation stuff. Do you remember in um Rebels they they um credited the actress and I've forgotten her name now because they used her um vocals from New Hope. You know? Oh yeah, that's right. When uh Obi Wan finally offs more and he goes to mm-hmm. over Luke. Oh man. Yeah, that 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 scene brought some uh, brought some chills. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, I really hope they get that Obi Wan series going. Yeah, yeah, me too, man. Me too. Yeah, for selfish reasons, but yes. Um, <laughs> I'll talk to you about that afterwards. Actually, uh, yeah. Um, God, there was such amazing stuff in those animated series. Dave Filoni, I genuinely think him, especially now with Favreau as well, they seem to be. They definitely seem to be the future of uh, future of Star Wars. Have you have you seen all of Mandalorian? Obviously. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. What do you think of that? Oh, I mean, I loved it. I think it's kind of the same thing where, you know, um, Clone Wars. I think it's going to grow, and I think it, as it grows, the show's just going to get more and more incredible yeah. with each season. And then, and then once they get kind of their legs under the live action television stuff, yeah. I think they're just going to be putting out incredible shows. Do you think the future of Star Wars is on TV then? Um, I mean, I, I kind of hope so. I mean, I like the movies, but I kind of like them sparringly. Like, um, I don't know. Honestly, I'll take any Star Wars they're going to give me. Yeah. I'll take movies, I'll take shows, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the TV is you just get more of it, you know? Mm. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, the long-form stuff is... Yeah, it's always uh, it's always more satisfying. You've just got so much more time to build stuff up and play with it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking of Mandalorian, I th- yeah, the, you did that fantastic um, illustration of the Mando when it came out, uh, the the bust, mm. the portrait. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I might. Well, I can't link to every single individual image, but yeah, you guys should definitely <laughs> uh, definitely go check that out if you're a Mando fan. Um, yeah, it's it's really nice. Um, Nick, your work. Let's go back to work. Let's go back to your work a little bit. Um, I kind of, I can see your style as an animated series. To be honest, have you ever thought about mm. pitching to Lucasfilm? Uh, I mean, that's maybe like a pipe dream <laughs> down the road somewhere. Yeah. You know, who knows? If they're doing Galaxy Adventures and stuff like that, I mean. Uh, not to take anything away from those artists and stuff, but like I can just see your work in an animated style just so well. Um, you did a you did a project. I don't know if you're well. You can talk about it, I suppose, because it's only it's been about a year, maybe. You did something. Um, was it some kind of uh, card game or something? But the the people that commissioned you to make these pieces, uh, they. They went in, or somebody went in afterwards and animated them, right? What well, can you can you remind me what that was? Can you tell talk a little bit about that project? Yeah, yeah, that was with the Fifth Trooper um, Network. They I, I got pretty heavily in um, 
and the um the community the star wars legion community is a miniatures game put up by fantasy flight um and they are like a network that they, they start putting out a podcast and they've just kind of grown it to the point where now um they're looking into making their own games and um they put out mats for the game um just they put out a lot of stuff and um they asked me to do um just these these individual individual drawings of the characters mm-hmm. and um they put them on it, because there's I don't know how familiar you are with like games and stuff, but um, in the game, there's character uh, cards that has um, like the stats and stuff for each character. You can get all art um, versions of those cards and use them in the game. Um, And so I actually got commissioned by them. Actually, a different network that's not around. I did some for them as well. Um, But so I did it for their cards, but I also did it in a way so they could animate them. And then they made these videos, um, just kind of giving, it's just sort of like information about the character and like what they do in the game, okay. um, for their YouTube channel. So that was basically what it was. It's just brief little videos. All oh, right. Okay. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of like um, the marketing really for it. It sounds a lot like Top Trumps, actually. I think I'd forgotten the fact that it had all the stats and stuff on it. But, um, yeah, that I really mm. liked them. The one that I can see it right now in my head is the Luke. You had Jedi Luke, which is one of my favorite uh, characters. Uh, episode 6, Jedi Luke, just for the record, not mm-hmm. um, not, not Episode 8. Um, yeah, man, that, that card looked amazing. So are you saying that uh, those cards are actually printed out? Yeah, there's, there's actually physical versions of that game that people can go out and buy yeah um i don't know if you can actually buy them they were kind of like a promo thing he would send um when, when you bought something with them i think you he would send them just kind of in um um he would mail them to you or because there's different tournaments and stuff and they actually do a lot of streaming for the tournaments and i think they they may have given them away at the tournaments too i'm not really sure what they did with them but yeah they're physical cards they're really cool they look like old school baseball cards and you flip them over they kind of have the stats like baseball cards would and stuff yeah they're, they're really they're really cool the guy actually i did them for is a graphic uh graphic designer so he did a great job on those it's okay yeah yeah i mean it makes sense the whole thing just looked really really accomplished they're very really nice um nick so those kinds of projects so you do get to do uh you do get approached to do different things. Actually, in the same way, I suppose I approached you to do the uh, the roundtable, um, uh, the roundtable poster. Which, incidentally, if you're only just joining us, roundtable is a like a, a talking head series that I made. I've, I've shot two episodes, uh, trying to pitch it at the minute. Um, but Nick did all the illustrations uh, for that, and based on you know based on that original. Um, I think it was based on that, yeah, that original clone trooper um, collage montage type thing that you did. Um, what other kind of projects have you worked on uh, by other people, for other people rather? Um, I've done. Um, so friends of mine put out these two um, these two YouTube series, um, and it was kind of I forget what it was, what was it called. Has a, a type of media has its, its transmedia maybe, where the characters 
on the it's supposed to be like a like a like a uh, like a blog or something like a video blog okay and so then the characters have social media accounts that you can go and follow and so one of the characters did these little uh, cartoon like comic strips and so they commissioned me to draw her comic strips for her um that was that was pretty cool one that i did um and then i do sort of like small little um like projects for just people who might ask me like uh and somebody had i did a drawing for somebody's wedding invitations i had somebody do like um their son had passed away and i did a memorial drawing of him he was a big uh doctor who fan so i had him going into the tardis that was really touching yeah um so i just different stuff like that that's yeah that's amazing man um I love it. I love uh, everything that you do. I haven't seen. I, I, I'm sure I've seen that video blog thing. I'm, I'm sure I see, saw you post that. I haven't seen any of the other bits, but uh, well, naturally I wouldn't have, if, especially if it's for memorial. That's that's personal mm-hmm. private. Um, mm-hmm. That's amazing, dude. Uh, what is what is next? Like, what's uh, is there anything on the horizon? I mean, we're living in some bizarro bizarro times. it's like uh, I'm, I'm convinced we're in the upside down man this is nothing none of this is normal well actually the, the, the protesting and all that stuff is is normal unfortunately sadly but uh, what mm-hmm. the horizon hold for you other than lack of sleep um you know, than just being stuck at home in quarantine um trying to maybe really focus on where i want to go um maybe take um, my art and stuff more seriously. Um, right now I'm just a stay home dad. In the evenings, I kind of work on my art and stuff, uh, stuff that I'm doing. Um, and just kind of learning about the different directions I can go. Cause before it was just sort of like aimless, like I wanted to do comics and stuff. Um, but kind of seeing where like it kind of naturally takes me and just the different parts of the industry. And so I'm kind of focusing more on doing, maybe trying to get into like a gallery and like doing gallery art so that's where the collages are coming from so i'm actually going to be doing i'm going to be doing the the original clone troopers one i did was a phase two um it was all like the phase two clones i'm I'm starting a uh, phase one collage and then i want to do like an imperial collage after that and then i would like to eventually maybe do something non-star wars with the collages um we'll see where that goes i probably will do and end up doing like a mandalorian one and then hopefully after I get kind of like a, a nice body of work, I can submit to, there's some different galleries that I, I like around the LA area and just seeing if I can get maybe into those um, and just promoted through those. Yeah. So that's kind of really the direction I'm heading right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can see that. As soon as you started saying that, because they're so beautifully proportioned and there's a symmetry to them which I just adore. I'm 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 a bit of a pedant when it comes to things like that. So like, uh, yeah, I can see it, man. White, beautiful, fresh white walls, and just these sort of slightly larger scale, maybe like you know, twenty, thirty inch by thirty inch, maybe even bigger than that. You know, these, you know, beautiful uh, just images of all the different troopers and stuff. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I find it kind of humorous that you say you know taking it more seriously my friend <laughs> if this is you uh not taking it seriously i can't <laughs> see what it looks like when you do take it seriously 
Nick, mate, uh, where can people find you online if you wish to be found, of course? Yeah, so like I said, my website is lumberjacknick.com. Um, that links to all my social media, the store. You can see like my portfolio and just different things that I'm working on. Uh, my Instagram is where I'm most active. That's lumberjacknickart. Um, and um, yeah, that's basically the two places I'm at the most. So, Nick, thank you so much, buddy. Uh, it's been really nice talking to you. And yeah, real pleasure. Same here. Yes, great talking to you as well. And I love your work as well. I really, I want a piece. I collect R2D2 art, so maybe I have to get like an R2D2 or something from you. Okay, perfect. Yeah, consider it done, mate. You tell me what you want, and uh, I'll send it across. Thanks, dude. Okay, sure. Thank <laughs> you.